It's time for recipe of the day. I love a good pork chop. What I don't love is when they are dry and tough. And so I have perfected how to cook pork chops and I'm going to tell you how to do it now. First, I want to make sure that we are talking about the same thing. I'm using center cut pork loin rib chops. These are about three quarters to one inch thick and they have a bone on them. I like these better than a lot of other ones because they have that lean loin meat, which is predominantly what's there in the middle, but they also have a little bit of fat on the edges and sometimes a little bit of that darker, juicier pork meat, you know, like not pork loin, but what we find in pork butt or pork shoulder or even ribs. It's just a little bit darker when it's cooked and juicier. Some of that is often on these chops too at the edges and there's a little bit of marbling. So you have a lean pork chop essentially with some nice flavorings around the outside edges, the bone, the fat, the marbling, that dark meat, and that makes them really delicious. But it is loin meat. And as I've said so many times before, that is quite a bit drier than the other meat. And so I do strongly recommend that you brine these. It really does make a difference. If you don't do it, they'll be good. But if you brine them, they'll be so much better. And you know, I did a whole set of experiments experiments on brining pork chops way back when. So I'm just going to quickly recap what I found there so you know what to do. So if you have four of these pork chops that are about an inch thick, you're going to arrange them in a baking dish that they fit in so that they're not overlapping and so that there's enough space to cover them fully in water. A 13 by 9 cake pan works perfectly. So that's what I use. Put the pork chops in there. Then in a large bowl, you're measuring four cups of cool water. Just your cold tap water is great with four tablespoons of Morton's kosher salt. If you have the diamond crystal kosher salt, it'll be six tablespoons. And that's just because the crystal size is different. So the amount of actual sodium you get is different between those two. If you're using table salt, then go just under four teaspoons. Now you stir that until it's well dissolved. And then you can optionally stir in a tablespoon of garlic powder. And I'm going to say it again, if you have the time and the ingredients, making that crazy flavorful turkey brine that I talk about would be so good here. I will link to that in the show notes for this or go to cookthestory.com and search for turkey brine. You'll find it. It is the one where you get out a food processor or blender and you add a raw onion and raw garlic and all kinds of herbs into there with some water and salt and blend that up. And it just turns into this delicious puree that then when you put your turkey or pork chops into that, they get the nice juiciness and extra salt that you get from the brine, that little bit of change in texture that you get from brining. And as it's happening, all those flavorful ingredients get sucked into. So if you have time for that, if you have those ingredients, do it. If not, one tablespoon of garlic powder into the mix. Just add the garlic powder after the salt has dissolved. Otherwise, the garlic powder kind of makes it foggy in there and then you can't tell if the salt is dissolved or not. So dissolve the salt first, then scoop in the garlic powder. Pour that liquid over the pork chops. They should be completely submerged. If they're not fully submerged, sometimes using a different container or bowl is going to work better, like a big narrow bowl that the four pork chops can just kind of all squish into and then you pour the brine over top of those. That's going to be just fine. Or if you want to, you can make a little bit more brine mixture. It's a tablespoon of the Morton's kosher salt with one cup of water. Mix that up, pour that over if needed. I've had to do that many times. It works just fine. Okay, those go into the fridge in the brine for a minimum of 30 minutes 
minutes. At 30 minutes, it just gives a little seasoning. It doesn't really change the texture of the pork chops. The experiments that I did found that 60 minutes was best and that you can leave them for as long as two hours and that will give you that nice saltiness anywhere between one hour and two hours and texture changes to make them a little bit more tender at that point as well. Anything over two hours is going to make them too salty though, so don't leave them for longer than that. Okay, then when it's time to cook them, take them out of the fridge. If you were brining them, take them out of the brine and discard the brine. If you were not brining them, you're just taking them out of the package. Either way, then you want to pat them dry with paper towel because we don't want any liquid on them. That's going to make it harder to brown them. Then let them rest at room temperature for about five minutes before you preheat the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. While the oven's preheating, you can rub the pork chops with some oil. I'm using olive oil, about a teaspoon per side. That's quite a bit, but I'm oiling the chops instead of oiling the pan. And so you want a nice coating on there. And I like oiling the chops instead of the pan because we're going to really be cranking up the heat on that pan. And sometimes the oil smokes when you do that. And this is just a way to not have to have that risk. If you're good at it and you know how to do it, you could just splash that oil into the pan. Well, not splash it because it could heat and burn you, but get it into the pan. That will work too. But I'm doing a teaspoon of olive oil per side of pork chop and then you're sprinkling them with a little bit of black pepper an eighth of a teaspoon per side and if you didn't brine them then you're sprinkling them with some salt as well it'll be about a quarter of a teaspoon of salt per side if you brine them do not add any salt now of course you can add other seasonings if you'd like you just don't want to add anything that typically burns and gets bitter like sometimes garlic powder can burn and get bitter so you don't want to add those seasonings unless you want that like blackening spice kind Kind of effect, right? Okay, now once your oven has preheated, that's when you get out your pan, a big skillet, and put it over high heat. Now, if your skillet is not big enough to fit all four pork chops with a lot of room around them, because we don't want them to steam if they're crowded in there, then you might need to use two skillets, or you can cook the two first, sear one side, then the other, transfer them out, then sear the two sides of the other two, and then put them all back in and into the oven to finish. That works as well but I'm just using a nice big cast iron skillet over high heat and then all of the pork chops go into there until they're nice and brown underneath. Don't even touch them for a good three minutes. Then use some tongs and kind of lift one up. If it releases easily from the pan and is brown underneath, they're ready to flip. If it's still stuck and or if it's not really brown underneath, leave them for another minute or two. Then flip them once they're browned. Once you flip them over, you transfer that whole skillet with those flipped pork chops into your preheated 400 degree Fahrenheit oven. Do not cover the skillet. We're not steaming them. We want them to have the dry heat from the oven surrounding them all over while they're browning underneath. And then they're just in there until they reach 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Now the safe temperature recommended by the USDA for pork is 145 degrees Fahrenheit. So we're counting on those raising in temperature once they come out. So you're going to take them out and then transfer them to a plate or cutting board and let them rest for a few minutes. That should bring them up to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. You can check that using an instant read thermometer, or, you know, I talk about this all the time, just a really inexpensive probe thermometer that has the probe that goes into one of your chops in its thickest point, and then has like a wire that tails after that with like a digital reader on the other end. The digital reader stays outside of the oven. So you can use that, and then you'll know exactly when they reach that 140. And you can leave it in there to make sure that they hit 145 as 
well. And as I always tell you, way back in the day, the recommendation used to be 160 degrees Fahrenheit for pork. And so a lot of us grew up eating pork that was cooked to that temperature and find it a little bit off-putting to see a little bit of pink in the pork. If that's you, that is totally fine. Just wait until the pork chops are at 155 degrees Fahrenheit before taking them out of the oven. I would urge you to try maybe doing 150 and letting them rise to 155 and seeing how you like that. They'll be juicier. They won't really have that pink. And so it's good to get used to that. Maybe eventually you'll work your way down because they are juicier if you can eat them at 145 degrees Fahrenheit. But if you don't like that, don't do it. It's all about what tastes good to you, you know? Okay, so those pork chops are going to be in the oven for, it's going to be about five minutes, four to eight minutes is what I say. It really depends on the thickness of the chops, how well insulated your pan is, like how it conducts heat and various things. So you want that temperature to be what it is. It's going to be a little bit different depending on your oven and your chops, etc. Then you take that out and you let them rest for a few minutes and then you serve. And that is it. Juicy, delicious pork chops, tender, wonderful. I will put the link to this recipe in the show notes for this podcast episode, or you can head to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and get it there or join our Facebook group. I post the link to the recipe of the day every morning in the Facebook group. Get there by going to facebook.com slash groups slash recipe OTD. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, the all new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast recipe of the day. I hope you have a great day. Let's get cooking. 